Well, we're in a series this month, praise God. And we're in a series on how to make it through a bad day. And uh, so and we're taking the seven statements of Jesus on the cross. You know, Jesus had seven statements that he said while he was on the cross. And we're dissecting these statements. We're looking at them and looking at, you know, each statement and see how they can be a life lesson for each one of us. And Jesus really taught us on how to make it through a bad day. And he made it through his bad day. And uh, but it was a bad day for him, but a good day for us. Amen. And so uh, it, so I'm talking to you about keys to living through a bad day. And, we're, and this is part three. And so um, we're all going to encounter difficult days, but we have to learn how to navigate through these difficult days. Uh, our theme verse is in Hebrews 12, verse two. If you want to turn there, you can or you can just listen up. And in Hebrews 12, two, it says looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we see here Jesus made it through his, his tough day because he kept his eyes on the prize. He kept his eyes on, you know, the future. He, he kept his mind set on heavenly things. And we're going to make it through our day when we keep our minds set on Christ. Amen? And not be so focused on what's going on around us. But we need to be focused on what has happened, what Jesus has done for us. And he made it through his bad days. And we, and, and we can make it through our bad days. You know, the Bible says, be of good cheer. Jesus has overcome the world. And that means that we can overcome this world. Why is that? Because Jesus is living big on the inside of each one of us. Do you believe that today? So we're talking about that. So we're going to recap a little bit on uh, the statements that he made. And the first statement that he made, why he was on the cross, why he was suffering, was uh, he said, Father, forgive them. This is Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Amen. And so the life lesson that we're looking at, or the life key, is that a lot of times when we're encountering issues in our lives, a lot of times there's people connected with that. And so a lot of times we, there's people and, and we get offended in the process of life. And you know, the, Jesus actually says it's, oh, it's, it's impossible to go through life without having the possibility of being offended or being hurt. Um, anybody been hurt lately in here? Amen. And so, you know, we're, we're going to be hurt. But but the key here is that even though we may be going through a bad time and, and it may be connected to somebody in our life, um, we need to do what Jesus did and we need to learn to forgive in our bad days. We need to let go of that offense. We need to just let it go and and, and we can't be carrying offense, which, care, which turns into bitterness, which turns into unforgiveness and causes us a lot of problems. And so we need to be aware of that, that our bad day can turn into a bad week. It can turn into a bad month. It could turn into a bad year. Amen. And we don't want those bad days escalating by harboring ill will or bitterness. Amen. And so we need a understand that life key is to forgive those that are hurting us or trying or trying to ruin our lives and and so we know that that people don't try to hurt us intentionally 
but sometimes we take it personally. And we need to have a proper perspective. Amen. Uh, key number two, or the statement number two, was in Luke 23, 42 through 43. Jesus said this to the, uh, to the uh, criminal that was at his, at his side. Uh, the criminal said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And so Jesus was there. And uh, he wasn't focused on himself. And a lot of times when we're dealing with bad days or we're incurring bad situations, we tend to focus on ourselves. But he was focused on those around him and he was focused on one of the criminals that was actually taken up for him. And he said, and he, and he gave that criminal stability. And, and so the second key is to help others who are experiencing the same struggles. So Whatever you might be struggling with, you know, a key to coming out of that is to find people that might be struggling in the same area and help them in that area. Maybe you're struggling with a, a, a weight issue. Maybe you, you, you need to lose some weight. Well, it's always good to get somebody else that might be in that same boat and try and, and talk to them, you know, get some information and in that process you can be set free amen and so so it, it, it's good to um, get in their corner and, and 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 to understand what they're going through amen uh, Dodie Osteen is the mother of Joel Osteen and you may have heard of Joel Osteen he's a pastor on TV and she was given the news that she had terminal cancer and, you know, that's bad news. This was some years back. And the doctor said it was terminal and it was no way that she was going to make it through. That's, that's a bad day, isn't it? To get bad news like, term, like a terminal illness. But I want to say this. It's never over till it's over. And God, not the doctor, has the final report. He has the final say-so. And don't throw in the towel so quickly because God is always on the throne even when we fall off of our throne. Amen? And so Dodie Osteen was dealing with some issues in her life. She, she, you know, she implemented some of these ideas. And the first thing she started doing was calling people and apologizing to people that she had problems with. You know, when you're dealing with issues in your body or a life-threatening disease, you want to try to get your relationships cleared up. Amen? You want to make sure it's a clean slate with the people in your life. Amen. And so she was calling people, writing letters, saying, you know, I, I, I'm, you know and, and, and asking forgiveness. But there was another thing that she did, that she was actually praying for those people that she would go get chemotherapy and all that. She would pray for those people that had cancer. Think about that. She wasn't just thinking about herself. She was actually out there not only getting her relationships right by forgiving and asking people to forgive her, but she was praying for people why she was sick. And a lot of times when we're sick, we don't want to do anything but have people pray for us. We want everybody to be around us. We want to be the focal point and the attention. We want everybody to attend to us and but, but we need to stop looking 
at ourselves and focus. See, because when we're going through the bad day, the enemy, even of ourselves, want to focus on ourselves and want to focus on how bad it is. And I'm going to say this, that's never that bad. Especially if you have Jesus in your life. I'm going to say that again. If you got Jesus in your life, it's not that bad. Now, it's bad if you don't have Jesus. But there's a remedy for that. Just call on the name of Jesus. Just call on him. No matter how far you might be away from God, you might be away from God today. You may be far away from God. But the Bible says if you draw near to God, he's going to run from you. He's going to draw near to you, right? So, so God is only a call, a phone call away, not even a phone call. Just call in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says you'll be saved. And that word saved is a Greek word, sozo. And it actually means healed, delivered, and set free. So all you have to do is call on Jesus in your bad day. And some of us might need to be calling on Jesus more often than not. Amen? And Dodie Osteen, she prayed for sick people. And while she was sick, she still does that today. In her church, you know, she teaches on a healing class. And she prays for people that are sick so she can stay well. So your problem might be, you know, the place where God's bringing you to so where you can help other people. So don't despise your problem. Amen. It, it's a, it, it can give you a different perspective on how you can reach out and help other people. Well, in the process, Dodie Osteen did not die. Of course, she's with us today. She, she's alive and well. And, she, and, and that cancer went into remission. And she's totally cancer-free today. So listen, again, the doctor's report isn't the final report. Amen. It's not over until Jesus says it's over. Amen. And I like what James 5.16 says. It says this. It says that if you're dealing with an issue or problem, it says confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. There you see it. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Notice that. So confess your trespasses, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen. And so now we're, we're looking at Jesus' third statement on the cross. And his first two statements was uh, his divinity. He, he was interceding for those and that were coming against him while he was on the cross. And, and then he... You know, he forgave a man of his sins because he is divine. Amen. And now we're looking at Jesus's humanity on the cross and he's there and he's hurting. And he's, you know, he, he's dealing with so much pain on the cross. And, and he sees and he looks down and he sees some people down there. He sees his mother. He sees one of his disciples, John, there. And in John 19, now this is only recorded in the book of John. And John actually records this. The other writers did not record this part. And so John recorded this because this was an important part even in John's life. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and his disciples, this is John 19, 26 and 27. He, he loved, uh, he, a disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. 
And from that hour, that disciple took to his own home. So we see here that Jesus wasn't focused on himself. And when I first read that, I always thought that he was on the cross saying, you know, to his mother, behold your son on the cross. But he wasn't saying that. He was actually looking down and he, and he said to Mary, behold your son talking to John. Amen. And, and he was saying to John, behold your mother. And what he, was, what he was doing here on the cross, he was focused on their well-being. He was honoring his mother. And he was showing honor towards his mother, knowing that he would be departing. And he was even bringing closure. But even in this relationship that was ending, because that can be a devastating place in our lives when we have relationships that end. And so in this place where this relationship was ending with her son in the way that she knew it, he was, he was, clo he was, he was, um, he was doing some closure here. And he was saying, now refocus, mom, refocus, focus on John being your son. John, refocus and on her being your mother. So obviously Jesus was the head of the household. Obviously Joseph wasn't in the picture. He passed away. So obviously that she was, you know, a widower. widower. And so, uh, you know, Jesus was concerned and honoring and honoring his mother. And so we see here that, that, that Jesus was giving uh, John and Mary purpose. And so when we're going through a bad time, we don't want to be so focused on ourselves, but we, we need to understand that we have purpose and people around us need us. Amen. And a lot of times when we're going through our bad day, we start thinking nobody needs us. Nobody cares about us. Nobody cares what we're going through. And we have a tendency to cut off the people that love us the most. And we have a tendency to get isolated and, and to back up and, and to back off the relationships that mean the most to us. Have you been there? We have a tendency to, but Jesus did not do that. He, he, didn't, he didn't get inside-minded, if I may. He, he got outside of himself, and he saw the importance of him giving direction and giving purpose to others around him. Amen. And I don't know about you, but when I'm hurting, I like everybody to know about it. I like to talk to people about what that person did and how that person treated me or what I'm going through or that product that I bought, that TV set broke down in two months. I like to tell people what I'm going through. Why? Why do we do that? We like to tell people our pain. Don't we? Don't we love to tell people? I remember I was, I was not feeling too well, fighting some cold symptoms. And, I'm at, and I gave this illustration before. I was at Sam's Wholesale Club. And I was going to get some orange juice. And the lady says, how are you doing? I said, oh, man, I'm fighting it. That's why I'm here to get orange juice. That's why I'm here. And she said, but you look good. I said, I do. <laughs> you don't look sick. I oh, well, you know, I carried it well. 
I carry well, but I'm feeling like nine miles of bad road. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever feel like nine miles of bad road with a lot of potholes in it? But, you know, you, we like to tell people what, what, what we're going through, what that person did to us. We're not like Jesus focusing on others, but we need to become more like Jesus. Look at your neighbor as they become more like Jesus. Amen. I wrote this down in my notes. Misery loves company. If, you're, if, 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 if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. If dad's not happy, nobody's happy. If you're miserable, everybody's going to be miserable in the household. They're going to know that you got a problem. They're going to know that you want to pick a fight. They're going to, they know that you got a chip on your shoulder. And you're daring them to knock it off. Amen. Amen. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been just wanting to look for a fight? Ready for somebody to come at you? Come on. Come on. You ready to become an MM fighter? MMA fighter, I guess. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You're ready. Amen. But see, those are the times where we, what we tend to do is we tend to treat our families the worse. When we're going through the bad times. Strangers, we're okay because we don't know if they're going to punch us out. Amen. We don't want to act wrong to a stranger. Man. So we got to be very careful. So I wrote down some things. What causes us to have a bad day? What causes us to be in turmoil or pain? Number one, losing something important to us causes us to have pain. Like a relationship. Losing a relationship maybe through physical death. You know, they, a, a person that you love passed away and that and you won't have that relationship any longer or or a death of a relationship through a misunderstanding or somebody moves away amen as a pastor i gotta be very careful that i don't take it personal when people leave the church i have a tendency to take things and you know as a pastor because i love people and i want to man was i doing everything right why did they leave and you know but you know what people have their own issues <laughs> People got their own lives. I can't even walk this faith for you. I can't pray for you. I can't, I can't make you come to church. Why, why isn't this person here? I used to have people that would come to church, and if they came to church, I had a good day. They didn't show up, I had a bad day. They're not here today. Are you here? I used to look for just certain people, and if they weren't in the crowd, I was like, oh, man, they're not here. I'm not having a good day today. Amen. And sometimes we look for people in our lives to fulfill a need when we need to be looking to Jesus. We need to look to Jesus to fulfill our needs. People will never fill you. No matter how many pats on the back you get from people, no matter how good they tell you you look when you're sick, it, it never works. Let, let God come into your equation. Put your trust and confidence in God. Amen. Another thing that, 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 that causes us to go through a bad day is going through a disappointment of something that did not work out like we thought it would. Anybody can relate to that. In other words, uh, I broke it down to this. Having unmet expectations. 
Have you ever had an unmet, you thought something was going to be woo, greater than what it was? You were invited to church and the message stunk, you know? You shared it went to the movies, right? You, you, you anticipated something good and it fell short of your anticipation. The other night I went to the movies with a friend and we saw Kong. And my friend was so excited about watching Kong. Because he saw the other Kong movie and it was good. I, I, I don't remember the other Kong movie. So I didn't have an expectation. But they, man, it looked good. And he said, this is going to be good. But by the time I walked out, his, 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 his face was down like this wasn't as good as the first one. The first one was much better. I, and I had no, nothing to gauge it by. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it had good special effects. Oh, no, it wasn't like the first one. Have you been there? I had no expectations of it. You know, I thought it was going to be good, but I didn't over, over expect something to be really super good. I mean, how good can a movie be anyway? Amen. Never going to be as good as a Sunday morning worship service where you're meeting with God, where God is touching you, where you got a great pastor preaching to you. Hallelujah. So unmet expectations. I, we, my wife and I joined a, a health club this week, and I'm telling you, it's wonderful, and they have all these programs, and of course, you know, I work out. I know how to work out. <laughs> Praise God. And uh, even this jacket's getting a little too small just because it's bulk. My dad likes to say relax muscle. Amen. And so, and so we joined the, the, the health club, and I was so excited about this because they got programs, and they got computers, and they, got, and they can tell you how to work out and how to slim down. And I was so excited about this, and, and they have this, it's called a fit program that you can get into, and you can win T-shirts. And I love winning stuff, and the, the first T-shirt you can win is a green one. Right, and it has the name of the health club on it, and green's my favorite color. I'm already picking out my T-shirt, and I'm excited about it. So Friday, I go in thinking that I was going to have a consultation and just talk about my fitness goals and show them, you know, the magazine of Mr. Universe and how I want to look. And, but when I got there in my street clothes, he said, we've got to do a physical test on you. You're in your street clothes. You, and, and I said, they never told me that. They just said, come on in. They didn't say I had to go through a fit test. I said, can we redo, schedule this? Said, Tomorrow, I'll be ready. I'll be ready for the fit test. I was a little, not disappointed, but kind of because I wanted to do this thing. I wanted to get set up. I wanted to win the T-shirt. <laughs> and then my wife, I told my wife, she was coming in at, I came in at three. She was coming in at four to do her fit test. And, and I said, I said, don't wear your street clothes. They didn't tell you that. I said, be ready for a fit test. She went through it. She got her program. She's on her way to her T-shirt. And the next day I went in. And as, as, as they start typing, I'm ready. They said, we can't find you, Mr. Lambert. You're not in our system. I said, what are you talking about? You're not in our system. I said, yo, I gotta be. My wife and I signed up at the same time and she made it through. I was getting upset. I mean, 
I was like, and I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor trying to walk in love, spread the love. And I'm getting like, what? And I'm there. I'm on, this is the second try. You know, if it wasn't, you know, like the second, you know, the first time you could have a little grace. The second time, off with their heads. You know, like, we can't find it. And the guy would just seem disinterested. He didn't really say, okay, what are you looking to do, you know? And, you know, what are you doing, you know? And looking around, you know, and I can't find your computer. I don't know, you know. And I'm thinking, this guy's not even excited about my health goals. <laughs> my expectations weren't being met. And so finally he said, we can still go through this. We're just going to have to fill it out and somehow try to find you somehow and get it in. I said, I hope so. I went through the whole, you know, all the tests. And he said, you did good. And I said, thank you. You know, hopefully he won't lose the paperwork. <laughs> so I go back home. I said, I said to my wife, yeah, you wouldn't believe the knucklehead that worked with me today. You wouldn't believe it. They didn't have me in the system. She said, well, you know, they sent me an email, said I was set up. You're probably not even set up. I said, you should be working over there. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It just happened yesterday. I'm not talking about three, four years ago when I was just a young pastor. I'm talking about yesterday, man. Man, that fit test, I, I did a great one because I was so angry. I was pushing all the weight. Ah! Have you been there? Have you been there? I would, I would, and the guy was a, was a bigger guy, you know, and. But I could have brought him down to size. Amen? So when things, when, you, when your expectations aren't met, it can give you a bad day. Allowing circumstances of life to weigh us down gives us a bad day. You're not meant to carry uh, these weights of, of these worries that, that can pile up. You're not meant to carry these and people carry them. Some people are a walking problem. Amen. You know the ones that are always tell you they got problems. There's the ones you're running from when you see them. Because all they do is talk problems. <laughs> are you here? I call them the vampires. <coughs> they want to suck off your life. Because nothing's ever right. Nothing's ever working. Yeah. Are you here what I'm saying? Now if you're sitting by your spouse, that's the problem. No, don't go there. Number four, prayers that seem to be unanswered. Ooh, that, that could be a bad, like, life. You're praying and believing God, and you're not seeing any, it's, it doesn't seem like anything's happening. I was praying for that man. Lord, give this man some wisdom yesterday. Help him, Lord. And it seems like your prayers aren't being answered. It, there's a process How's your attitude in the waiting room? How's your attitude in the process until the prayer is answered? How is your attitude? A lot of times we don't realize that God is working and it doesn't seem like he's working, but he's working. Amen. 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 Naomi, that her, her husband that died in the Old Testament, and then she had two sons and they died and she had two daughters-in-laws. And one of, and, and she was like, she changed her name from Naomi to Mara, which means God has dealt bitterly with me. 
Tune in next week for the completion of this broadcast. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Regal Stadium 12 Movie Theater located at 104 Constitution Drive, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10 o'clock a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.